Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of When I Grow Up. On today's episode, I have structural engineer David Kim with me. Hey David, how are you? Hey Blair, good, how are you? I'm great. Um, well, if you don't know already, David is actually my husband and the father of our two children, um, in addition to being a structural engineer, amongst many other things that you are, honey. Um, but today, we're here to chat more about what it is that you do five days a week, nine to five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so what does a structural engineer do? Um, a structural engineer, like the name implies, is uh, responsible for designing structures, <laughs> like buildings, bridges, um, Yeah, every structure that you see outside is designed by a structural engineer. Okay, so I have a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's going to be hard to do this interview a little bit because I feel like I know the answers to a lot of the questions that I have. Yeah, I think it's going to be hard for me to like talk to you like I don't know you either. Okay, well, we have to pretend (laughs) for the sake of people that want to be a structural engineer. Sure. <laughs> um, okay, well, you know, for me, I, I don't know too much about what you do. I mean, I do. But, you know, what I've seen since you've been working from home is like you working on the computer and then like with your mouse, like drawing a bunch of lines mm-hmm. on a program. Sure. And then and then a number will come out mm-hmm. with more lines you have to draw. Um, so you're not an architect drawing a building, right? Correct. So what is it that you're actually doing as a structural engineer? Um, so, I mean, that's, uh, that's a common question that I get usually, like, what's the difference between a structural engineer and an architect? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think answering that question kind of gives you a better idea of what I do. Um, so usually the architect will design what these structures or buildings look like and the structural engineer designs um, how it's going to stand mm-hmm. at the end of the day. So all these buildings are s- supported by beams and columns and foundations and all those things are designed by the structural engineer. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you, if it, if you use like an analogy of a person, I guess, of a human being, like the architect would design what the person looks like or maybe what they're wearing or the makeup or whatever. But the structural engineer is the person in charge of designing the bones, right? Mm-hmm. What's holding that person up. Um, which sounds like a really critical part of the process of building a building because, I mean, from what you just said, then that means, you know, architects literally can't do it without structural engineers. Yes, they cannot. <laughs> okay, I'm curious. Like, have you ever had, um, like, an architect come to you with a building plan or pro like a idea, and you were like, "Sorry, that's not going to work." Uh, yes, but it's usually my boss who says it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, is it like? Is it usually? Do you know if it's usually like? Uh, because their idea is too like detail oriented and they're not thinking about the actual 
like what needs to happen in order for that to happen? Do you get what I'm asking? Uh, I mean, it's it's not it's never happened like to a building before. Okay. It's usually like, say, in a school, for example, we design a lot of schools and grocery stores. But I mean, grocery stores are all the same, so there's not usually no issues with those. But in schools, a lot of times, um, if there are you know little classrooms with too many windows, for example, and that wall is not strong enough to. I mean, there's not enough wall left. You know, it's all windows. Like, mm-hmm. that's usually an issue Like that we find. I'd be like, oh, there's too many windows in this wall. And, you know, there's no much wall left to hold this thing up, you know. So that's usually a problem. But mostly, honestly, it's usually th- that kind of stuff, like openings, like walls and doors and stuff like that that they want to put in different places that sometimes end up not working. Yeah, that's interesting though. But like even you saying that, I can see in the the design mind, like yeah, why there should be more windows? It, it would look right. a lot prettier. Right. Kids would like to look outside of a school. Right. Um, that makes sense. Okay. Okay. So, um, as a structural engineer, mm-hmm. like. Okay, actually, this is something that I should probably ask you before I ask anything else. Um, could you tell me a little bit about uh, where you work, like your company, your firm? Sure. I work at a company called Robertson Lloyd Roof, Architects and Engineers. And as the name suggests, it's not just an engineering company. It's an architecture and engineering company. So usually what we do is... Um, uh, all-in-one like package deal usually mm-hmm. so if you're building a school our architects will design it and our engineers will come in and design the rest um, yeah that's where i work is that the question that's it right yes and so yeah. my next question is i know that there is like a process to building let's say a school mm-hmm. right so what part of the process is a structural engineer included in like um the project So usually how it happens is the architect will have the project first, the architect and the civil engineer, the person, the civil engineer is supposed is responsible for the outside. Uh, But then the architect will come up with a preliminary plan Mm -hmm. and, you know, go back and forth with the owner to make sure that's what they want it to look like. Mm -hmm. So once the architects have that plan finalized, like Mm -hmm. once they have the building looking like it like they want it to look like let's say like 80 percent of the way that's when they will start the project with all the engineers Mm. so that you know even if there are changes they're not like crazy changes you know they're minimum minimal changes i see i see to the design itself to the yeah the looks of the building i see like where walls are gonna go and stuff like that so uh i'm curious like you said then they include all the engineers, but like mm-hmm. how many different types of engineers need to be included in this? Uh, usually we have electrical engineers, mechanical engineers, uh, plumbing, sanitary, water, like all these different yeah, things that need to come together. And so we have all of those in our company. So we end up working together. Oh, that's interesting. So like, I mean, is that common to have, like, everything in-house to build a a building? I don't know, actually. But, I mean, 
I, I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that there are a lot of standalone structural engineering firms that will, you know, be consultants pretty much. So if there's an architecture firm, they will send their plans to the standalone structural firm and then, you know, they'll go back and forth like that. So they're like um, contracted out. Yeah, pretty much. I see. So are there benefits to having everybody in-house? Yeah, it's easier to coordinate. You know, it's it doesn't take days. from It doesn't take like, you know, I don't have to email someone and wait for them to respond. I can just walk up to their desk and be like, hey, can you move this? Or can I, do I have to move this? It's, it's easier to communicate. And mm. it also helps that we have a relationship. And it's not just like, you know, it's harder when they're not, you don't have a relationship with them, right? And right, you're just like right. trying to not step on their toes and like, but then also having to tell them it's not going to work or, yeah. So I think it does, I think it's better to work together. Hmm. So what does a typical day for you look like then? Like, are you working on a lot of projects or, yeah, are you sitting at a computer? What are you doing? So my typical day usually works, I mean, usually looks like me sitting in front of the computer uh, <laughs> all day. Uh, but what I do usually varies. So like you said, like the project has different phases to completion. Um, and, you know, it's not like one project a day kind of thing. Like a project will take several months, you know, to be finalized. So the first part of the project is when we first receive uh, the building, you know, uh, blueprint mm -hmm. from the architect or the 3D model that we receive from them. And so we will import it into our file, and then that's when I start. So the first phase, if I'm in that part of the project, what I usually do is uh, my days will look like making a 3D model for my structure on top of theirs, and then um, yeah, calculating all the, like, the loads that are going to be in the building, like, say... Um, the weight of the people that are going to be there, of the mm -hmm. material, like all these, the wind force, the earthquake, like all these things need to be calculated. And then I input into my models and then I find out, you know, what sizes I need to use, like how big the foundation needs to be, how big the beam and columns need to be. Mm -hmm. And then once I find that out, I draw them into the model. Like I put them into the model. I say draw, but it's like, I guess it's drawing. Yeah, you, know, you draw it into the model. And then you make your own 3D model with, you know, into that. So that's usually the bulk of my days. Um, this, the next phase would be like once I finish that and once everyone finishes their part and we send our drawings in for the contractors to bid or, um, you know, for the subcontractors to find out how much it's going to cost. Like all these things. Um end up like coming back with questions. So a lot of times, some days will be spent like answering questions or finding out if things can be changed. And then uh, the last part is like once everything is done, uh, once they start constructing, uh, I guess sometimes we go to site visits to just pro like see the progress of the construction. Mm. But all that to say, mostly my days are filled with just calculating and drawing the building the 3d models oh well that's really cool i mean okay so you're talking about the 3d models and this is like a program that you use then yes it's like a you're not program. just like drawing freehand 
No, it's a program called Revit. Uh huh. So what hap- what happens is like the architects send me a model of their the building, mm-hmm. and I can use that in the background. Like it'll be a little transparent, and then I can put all my members on top of it. I see. Yeah. So, uh, and that after the three D models, like it ends up trans. Not trans moving. I can like make that into like plans, like two D plans that the, oh. the contractors will eventually use to make the building. Oh, cool! You know, like as you're talking about that, though, you're saying you know you have to do like the calculate the wind. What, mm-hmm. what, is, it, what is it? Wind resistance. Yeah, wind. Uh-huh. And then like even just like is this um, floor gonna hold people? Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, and it's funny, just like side note, because like, I feel like David, you even at home, you're like, man, this is not built for this or that or something. (laughs) But but, um, uh, what I was going to say was, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of liability then with your job, because if you get it wrong, then I mean, I'm sure you there's a lot of people checking people's work, right? Sure. Yes. Um. Yeah, so like what is the liability with that? Like for structural engineers, do you know? Um I mean, we'll get we'll probably get into this later, but um liability usually falls on the person who stamped the drawings or signed for the uh-huh. drawings and that's my boss. Uh-huh. Um so yeah, if something did happen, uh we'd probably get sued, but then, you know, we have insurance for that too and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, but yeah, it is our fault if something happens. Like okay, well, if it I know was you the fault we... of the design. What, what what was that? If it was like default, like if something happened because of design, then obviously it's our fault. But I mean that rarely happens, right? Because like so. a lot of people have to check it and stuff, no? Well, a lot of people have to check it and also like a lot of it's usually conservative. It's not like, oh, this building is going to have 10 people, so it's, it can only hold 10 people. You know what I mean? Right, like, It'll right, be designed right. for 50 people, for example. Right, right. Okay, okay. And then, yeah. That makes sense. Um, I mean, I know you said you're. we might get into it later, but since we're talking about it now, mm-hmm. um, can we talk about the stamping thing? Like, what is that? Like, why does your boss have a stamp and you don't? Right. So, technically, uh, I'm not supposed – I'm not – a professional engineer um so when once you get out of school like you graduate with a bachelor's degree uh you take a test called the fe FE. test fundamentals of engineering yeah yeah and once you pass the test you become an engineer in training engineer in training yeah that's your title uh once you get that title you have to work under a professional engineer for five years Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you do that, you are able to take another test they call, that's called the PE. And if you pass the test, you become a professional engineer. Mm-hmm. And once you receive that title is when you receive a stamp and then you're allowed to, you know, sign drawings that are used for construction and stuff like that. Um. So the FE, like, does every engineer, like need to take the FE like can they work if they don't have the FE do you know yeah they can oh they can okay yeah so why take it because you need that to take the PE oh okay I see so you can't take the PE without the FE 
But I guess it's beneficial to take the FE first because, or as soon as you're out of college, so you yeah. don't forget things, right? Yeah, because the FE is not like really. Uh, it's like a broad test; like it includes every other as like subject, and so you're not going to remember that like three years later. Oh, I I wouldn't remember anything about it. So right, it was right. beneficial because I still had a little, you know, it was a little more fresh, like uh-huh. all the other subjects that I would never use again or, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, with the PE licensing and having that stamp, I would imagine that kind of liability would require a very rigorous test to go along yes. with it. Is it pretty tough? Yes. So the PE is an eight-hour test. Um, and that's a more general professional engineer test. Um, mm-hmm. And there is another test called the SE, which is structural engineer. Oh. So that test is geared towards structural engineers. So technically, if you have the PE, you're still able to stamp uh, structural drawings depending on state. So it varies state by state. And some states will require you to have both. Some states will require you to have the SE. So it really depends on where you are. Um, I, from what I hear, um, Georgia has now switched from PE to SE. So I would have to take the SE, the harder test. Oh, it's so, a harder test. Yes, it's a sixteen-hour test, and I mean the PE has like a sixty-five percent pass rate, and I think the SE has like a twenty-six <gasps> percent pass rate. Why? It's just hard. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, no, but like, oh, because you're saying the PE is a more general is generalized right. test. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. And, and SE just more specific to structural engineering. Yes, and yeah. Interesting. Oh, I guess that's good to yeah, know that good. our buildings will not fall. Right. And bridges, bridges kind of freak sure. me out. Yeah, they scare me too. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> are you gonna take the SE? I have to eventually. You have to eventually. Well, I guess I don't have to. Right. <laughs> but it would be it would be good to. Right. I mean, because why? Because you would get paid more. Well, that also depends on the company. But usually, yes. If you take the if you receive the SC title or the PE, usually you get a pay raise. And even if you're looking for a different job, it would be easier for you to get a job. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because you know you have the credentials. Mm-hmm. Um. And honestly, more than that, like, I think you learn a lot when you're studying for it. Mm. Yeah. So I think it's a good thing to do. Oh, okay. I'm not looking forward to that test for you, but. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> um, well, I want to ask you about how you decided to be a structural engineer. But before I get into that, um, one other thing you mentioned was like site visits. Mm-hmm. Um, could you elaborate on that? I know you don't do it often, but I think mm-hmm. it's kind of cool when you tell me about them. Yeah, so uh, you just go into this construction site where they're, you know, just making stuff, and then you go around looking at it and making sure they have the right pieces. Like, so, like you, like okay, I'm just like about mm-hmm. you because you're mm-hmm. my husband. Like, mm-hmm. so you can look at something and know whether it's wrong or right. You can know what's like if something's missing. For example, like this last one I just did last week. Um, like, 
I mean, I don't know how to say this without using technical words, but like, say there's a a beam, right? There's a uh-huh. beam on on the roof. You can see them because it's like open. There's no ceilings or anything. Like it's just open structure. You can see the beams, and then you you know where the the AC unit's gonna go on top of the roof, right? Okay. So there's a weight on top of that beam. Mm-hmm. So one, that beam needs to be different than the one next to it. Mm-hmm. It needs to be bigger, and then under it there's there needs to be like some sort of reinforcing and i mean you can tell if it's missing or not obviously because it's not there so this last one it was missing you know i'd be like hey that one you need to reinforce that or yeah things like that are essential like you just look for like certain things and make sure they're there and if not you just bring it up and then they'll be like oh we just didn't put it yet and then like okay Interesting. So the site visit that you did, did you do the like the blueprints for that particular yes, building? Yeah, yeah. So like literally if something's not there, you know because you put it there. Right. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel like it would be I mean, just like our personalities, I feel mm-hmm. like for for both of us, like we like seeing the the result of our work. Yes. You know, so mm-hmm. like I feel like that would be really cool to see that, right? Yeah, it is. And it's different too because, you know, you see it in in person. It's different than looking at it in paper on the computer. It's like, oh, I didn't know this was this big, you know? <laughs> or like, yeah, yeah. Things like that. That's cool. It puts it into perspective. Um. Yeah, so... Tell me, like, how did you decide to pursue structural engineering? Like, how let's, did take, I let's go back to high school, honey. Sure. <laughs> um, so for those of you who don't know, I I was born and raised in Brazil. And Babe, I think we have to pause. I think what? I can hear Zoe. <gasps> okay, go. Do I pause it? No, just go. Okay. Just kidding. I think there's just something outside. Screeching. <laughs> something screeching outside. Okay. Okay. You were saying, for those of you that don't know, hold on, let me catch my breath. <sighs> so, for those of you who don't know, um, I was born and raised in Brazil. And I went to an international high school there. And um, I think in the beginning of my high school years, um, I wanted to be an architect. Just because I, I mean, I've always had like an interest in buildings. Um, You know, I grew up loving Legos. I grew up loving like games that, built stuff you know like the sims i don't know if you ever played the sims no i've never yeah so it's you know it's a game that you build houses and stuff um and then um what do you call like those uh theme park creating like the roller coaster yeah 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 yeah. like everything that had to do with like building stuff i loved and i enjoyed and um yeah so i always enjoyed that so i thought i wanted to be an architect and that was my plan until I think either junior or senior year of high school. Mm. Uh, one of my 
mentors um, asked me like, oh, why don't you think about engineering instead? You know, because um, you seem to be good at math and like the sciences. And, you know, if you become an architect, you have to be an architect. That's it. You know, but if you become an engineer, you can either do that or you can, you know, there's a, there's more opportunities you know it can be you can work in a bank you can work in a firm like it does you know because the concepts of engineering is just like problem solving and like you know math skills all these things are more broad i guess mm -hmm. and so yeah when he brought that up i just looked into it more and yeah for me it felt like a perfect fit you know like it was a blend of the two you know a mm -hmm. blend of still having part in that world of like building stuff but then also being able to use the other part of my brain, I guess. Right. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that was really wise advice of from your mentor. But I'm yes. curious, like, were you like, so obviously you weren't sold on being an architect. Like some people, it's like their dream to be architects. And, it, and it's mm -hmm. like, hey, there are other things you can do is what I feel like he said to you. But mm -hmm. yeah, what what are your thoughts on that? I think I wanted it, but I don't think it was like, I have to become an architect, okay. obviously, because I didn't. Like, it was not like, oh, no, I have to give up my dreams. You know? Okay, okay. <laughs> it was like, no, okay, that sounds like a better idea. Well, I, I mean, actually, I guess that's the point of this podcast, too. But, you know, for me personally, mm -hmm. I think, you know, build build a building that must be an architect. You know, I don't think about, the like, the structural engineer behind the architect. Right. And so it's cool that you were able that that person was able to suggest that to you and you were able to find a career that is relatable to what it is that mm -hmm. you wanted to do. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Um yeah, so I mean oh, yeah, like you just googled it or how did how did you come upon structural? Do you know? I, I think he suggested Oh, he suggested it. I think he suggested civil engineering. Okay, what is the difference? Uh, well, structural engineering is a subset of like a, a, a field within civil engineering. I see. So civil engineering is the broad, you know, major, I guess you'd say. So mm -hmm. even I, so I went to Georgia Tech um, and I graduated with a civil engineering degree. So when you go into school, or at least for Georgia Tech, I don't know if they, it's different somewhere else, but... It's a civil engineering degree, and then there's different uh, specialties that you can go into. So mm -hmm. you can just go straight civil, or you can do structural engineering, or you can do geotech engineering, uh, which is what your cousin does. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, there's, like, different branches. Um, but, yeah, so civil engineering usually deals with um, the outside of the building. So everything except the building itself. So the landscape around the parking lots, how, you know, how the cars are going to come in and out of that lot, like all these things, everything that's outside surrounding it is designed by the civil engineer. Like a speed bump or something? Sure. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but then are civil engineers and landscape architects similar? They work together, okay. uh, but the landscape architect is responsible for the landscape, which is, you know, just like the the trees, the shrubbery. Like I see, I see. All those, 
things, and then the civil engineer is responsible for the concrete stuff or the like, dirt stuff. Like a cur, yeah, like a curb or something. Yes, they decide where, where, and how the curbs are designed. Like where they go, uh, the the site walls. You know, sometimes there's like walls that hold dirt up. You know, sure. <laughs> you know, like because if. Uh, I mean, you notice when you go somewhere else, uh-huh. you'll see. Like they're like usually not usually, but sometimes there are like big walls that are holding like dirt because the site had to like be oh, okay. dug yes, up yes. for the building to be there. Like those walls. That's not what you call it. I thought you called it something else. The walls. Yeah. Like retaining walls. Retaining wall. That's yes. okay. But anyways, okay. Uh huh. Like things like that. Like they design everything like that. I see. Um, I mean, like, what came to mind as you were talking, though, even about the walls and stuff, mm-hmm. was I remember the conversation with um, my cousin, mm-hmm. the geotechnical engineer, and he was saying, like, if you don't notice something, it's probably because the engineer did what they were supposed to do, mm-hmm. you know? So yes. that kind of came to mind. It's like, what walls? Like, I don't know. Right. So for <laughs> but, civil, like, the the biggest thing I think would be if you don't, if it's not ponding when it's raining, mm-hmm. that means they did a great job. Because oh. a big part of their job is to make sure the water flows to the right places. Right. You know. Like in parking lots, especially. Yes, especially. Yeah. Because hey, if it's just you... flat, you know, it'll yeah. overflow. So, I mean, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but as you're telling me about that like mm-hmm. so in Irvine when I went mm-hmm. to school in California mm-hmm. like when it would rain mm-hmm. which was not often mm-hmm. but when it did rain like the parking lots would flood like crazy oh. but mm-hmm. is that because like it doesn't rain there much so they don't really have to account for that I don't know maybe or maybe they just messed up really I mean it was it was like where I lived, like the uh-huh. apartment complex where I lived. Right. But I just remember it like I couldn't even get to my car because it was so flooded. Wow, that's crazy. But and then I thought I thought like, oh, maybe it's because it doesn't rain here much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I guess anyone could have messed up. It could have been the engineer or it could, be, it could have been the people making it. Oh, or, right. The you know, or it could just be clogged and no one cared because it doesn't uh, rain, you know, like not, I, I see. Know. I see. Could be anything. Man, so now everyone's going to notice, you know, like yeah. if there's puddling, yep. you know, someone, like, messed uh, someone messed up. Here. <laughs> um, okay, well, going back to your schooling, hun, like um, while you were in school mm-hmm. um, and you d- so you are you were already declared. It wasn't like you were undecided going into school. No, yeah, I declared. and I Okay. And then. Um, oh, well, first of all, like culturally when you moved from brazil to the Mm -hmm. states like and going to college here like was it a big shift for you or what was that like yeah it was a big shift but what i think the i mean i'm sure everyone knows this but i think the biggest shift in culture was just uh how relationships work like Mm -hmm. between you know like people in Brazil are usually warmer and people here are usually more individualistic, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that was very different, you know? Um, but yeah, I don't know if like 
culture shift was the biggest thing. But like, because at the same time, like I was having a culture, I guess, shock, you could say. But at the same time, I was dealing with being by myself without my family. So I, I don't know what's what. You know what I mean? Like everything mm-hmm. was happening at once. So I, it's, not, it's hard to pinpoint like, oh, this was definitely something that was memorable. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, like people usually, um, the biggest Oh, like the, like in in line with that, right? Uh, in line with people being more individualistic, I think it was really weird when I would offer to buy them food. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, I think you thought it was weird too. <laughs> I thought it was weird. Yeah. yeah. Why are you buying everyone food? <laughs> yeah, but like you know, I grew up in a culture where it's like that. You know, like the, you know, the older people like that we hang out with, like they would offer to buy food for us, or like even when we hang out with friends, like we'd buy food for each other and stuff like that. But here is like, oh. Why? But you weren't <laughs> even an older person. You were young. No, no, I know. Person. But like, even like between friends. Yeah, I guess. But I think that would, I don't know if that's like specific to, I think it's just more specific to my community there, mm. you know, but yeah. that was weird for me. But really good for us because you kept buying us food. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, I've never asked you this, but like, yeah, why did you come to the States? Like, why not stay in Brazil and be a structural engineer there? Uh, I mean, my plan was already to come here um, to the States. Like, mm-hmm. even my high school being an international high school. And I don't know if I talked about this in the previous episode with you. I don't think so. I think I talked about this in a different podcast with David Shin. Oh, right. But um, when I was younger, in sixth grade, my parents sent me to live a year in L.A. And the reason that happened was because uh, Brazil was very dangerous. And Mm -hmm. so they, I think something happened, you know, their store was robbed. And then they kind of freaked out and they said, okay, like we need to do something to like move our family. But, you know, we can't just move or I guess they didn't want to just move. So the first step was to send me and then like make me learn English, I guess. And then once I came back, uh, I went to an international school where you, I guess, learn in English. Mm -hmm. And so like everything was kind of like planned for us to come eventually for me at least to come. And then, um, yeah, that's why I came here. Uh, Yeah, that's why I came. I know that that first year being here in America by yourself for the first time, or not, I guess not for the first time, but for the second time, um, <laughs> excluding your sixth grade experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, also culturally, like everything being different because, and I would even say like even LA is different than Atlanta too. Right. So, um, like, I know that it was difficult and challenging, but do you regret it? No. Why I think not? it was great. Oh, uh, it was great. I mean, it wasn't, like, great in terms of, like, woohoo, I want to do it again. Uh-huh. But it was, like, I think it did mature me. <laughs> I grew up a lot during that mm-hmm. time, I think. Uh, just, you know, learning to do things on your own and growing up. I think it was yes. good for that. I do remember you having to learn to do things and figuring it out. Mm-hmm. 
But what was cool is that you actually did it and figured it out. Right. Um, and I and I think you know that kind of experience kind of forces you to do things that you would never do, right? Like, right. I think I shared with you before. Like I remember when I went to school to college for the first time, and something as simple as um, I went to a friend's house. Um, and by the way, for those of you that don't know, I went to school out of state without my family and, um, I went to a friend's house and they're cooking dinner and they asked me to cut an onion. And Mm -hmm. I thought, yeah, like I can help you cut an onion. And I realized I had never cut Mm -hmm. an onion before and I Mm -hmm. didn't even know how to go about cutting this onion. But all that to say, like, um, you grow up in ways that you don't even realize you need to grow up in. Because right. I think if I still lived with my parents, I could have gone without ever having to cut an onion. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, but anyways, okay. So um, even so, your first year was challenging in different ways. But as you started your classes and got into your civil classes and your structural classes, uh, did you start to enjoy it, or were you like, "Oh man, like this is harder than I thought"? No, I think I enjoyed uh, my, you know, my major. I mm. enjoyed the classes, and I, I think it was it solidified like my decision to do it mm. i think yeah it wasn't like oh man i hate this i can't do this because i mean even if it was i don't know if i would have changed my major honestly just thinking about my personality i feel like i would have just gone through with it sure yeah i think i don't know but yeah it was fun um well that's good that it solidified your decision mm-hmm. that's rare not it's, no it's not rare but it's special. It's good, yes. <laughs> it's a good thing. Um, okay, so um, fast forward, you graduate college. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's the next step for you? How do you find a job and stuff like that? Yeah, so I graduated. Uh, and then I needed to get a job immediately. Because since I was since I'm from Brazil... Uh, once you know your schooling is over, your visa expires. Right. And so, um, I had to find a job ASAP. I had a month or something to find a job. And like, if you get a job, you get a work visa for a year or something like that from the school from school. And so, honestly, for me, I think the work finding the job process was not that hard. Mm-hmm. Um. If it seems like there's a lot of postings on like for engineering jobs, but this particular one came from a friend, like one of my classmates actually. Oh. So he found out about this job posting, and he let me know about it, and then I applied and I interviewed, and I got the job. And what was that job? It was a company that designed cell towers so and that's a structural job yeah it was a structural job so i sat there designing cell towers so you know those towers that you see on this on the road maybe on the highways and they're everywhere you know they're they're holding our cell phone like antennas Mm -hmm. so those towers are made out of these like steel things if you look at it okay so you design those things like how thick the piece is or how big how long 
I see. So I can tell by your tone that you weren't that excited about this particular job, but it gave you a job. Yes, it gave me a job. I mean, it's it was good and bad. Like I liked how fast paced it was because mm. I, you know, I feel like I enjoy that more. Like having to finish things in a deadline, and the more you do it, the better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that was fun, but the not fun part was that it was the same thing over and over again, like literally. Because I mean, all these towers are the same, you know. Like mm-hmm. they'll be a little bit different, and they, depending on where it is, maybe the wind or the snow is a little different. But everything else is the same, you know. So it was like the same thing over and over again. So depending on your personality, I guess if you like to do the same thing over and over again, and if you enjoy that kind of you know, fast paced environment where you mm-hmm. have like the more you do, the better it is, then it's a, I think it's a good job. Mm. Did you learn a lot from that job? Do you feel like as far as like structural engineering goes? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was because mostly it was like, I mean, they have a software that is made for that I see. so you just input like numbers like how tall it is how you know all these dimensions and then it kind of calculates for you mm-hmm. so no i don't think i learned too much you know how there's like a lot of drawing involved mm-hmm. in structural engineering mm-hmm. like do you have to be good at drawing no i mean it's because it's not like physical drawing it's just like lines on the computer i see so i mean you can't be... I mean, anyone can do it, I think, right? Just lines. I don't know. <laughs> I, th- I would think anyone would be able to draw lines on the computer. Right. And it's not like, you know... It doesn't take skill. If, does that make sense? Right, like, it's right. not about, a skill. It's just about, like... Go ahead. I mean, I can't remember if I asked this to the architect that I interviewed. Mm-hmm. But like... Do architects need to be good at drawing? Do you know? Probably not anymore. Because everything's on the computer? Yeah. Oh. So back then, they would do all these drawings by hand. So maybe you kind of did need to be, you know, at least competent Uh uh at drawing lines. But it's, again, it's just with a ruler. So it's not that hard either. That's true. Okay. But. I'm just curious. Yeah, you don't you don't have to know anything about drawing. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. So if you're not an artist, you can yeah, be a structural engineer. Matter. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So um again, I know the story, so it's hard for me to like ask the questions. But the next question for me is after you did the cell towers, mm-hmm. um, what w- that's when you went to Robertson Lawyer Roof. Yes. And um, I know that you did not start as a structural engineer at Robertson Lawyer Roof. Mm-hmm. So what did what? But you were a civil engineer. Yes. Um, and I guess you kind of talked about the difference between civil and structural mm-hmm. engineering, mm-hmm. but um, about how. What you mentioned was civil is responsible for the outside of the building and your structural is responsible for putting the building up. 
Um, so which one did, did you have a preference? And it's like, is it like, how did you end up doing a civil job as a structural engineer? Um, I mean, again, this job also came from a friend who oh. got the got a job as a civil engineer here. And I heard about the job and I was, oh, that sounds so much more fun than making towers, you know, right. making actual buildings. <laughs> and so I interviewed and I applied for the civil position because that was the only open position. Mm -hmm. So I got the job and civil was a little easier because it was, I think it's a, a very like learn on the job kind of thing. I see. Uh, there's not too much like pre-knowledge that you need. Mm -hmm. Um Yes, but I do prefer structural. So I mean, eventually I was moved to structural because mm -hmm. they didn't need like people at civil. Uh, at that time, actually, a lot of people were getting um, laid off from civil. Mm -hmm. um, oh my gosh, you guys! No, this I, we're gonna pause and tell this story because I was like, I don't even know how many months pregnant with our first son Eli. I was pretty far along. Or did we already have the baby? Mm, I don't know. I can't even remember. I feel like I, I was remember. pregnant. I feel like I was pregnant. I with, think you were pregnant. With Eli. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I was pretty far along. And David calls me. He's like, hey, so I have some bad news. And I'm like, okay. And he says, I got laid off from my position. Right. And and I'm like, OK, like and, you know, my my head is like reeling. Right. It's like, OK, we're about to have a baby. My husband just lost his job. I am not working. Um, and, you know, we don't have health insurance if he loses his job. OK. And then he goes, but. They hired me back as a structural engineer. And I was like, what the heck? Like, you just, why couldn't you lead with that? Why did you have to scare me and tell me you got laid off? Because you just thought it would be funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and was it funny? Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's still funny. <laughs> but yeah, so you got moved to structural at that mm -hmm. point. But like... Again, did they move you because, like, I guess, I mean, they knew you had a degree in structural engineering. Yes. Right? So, I mean, that's pretty much why that was able to happen, no? Yeah. I mean, everything happened perfectly. So, they were laying people off from civil because, they, I guess, they didn't need that many people. But someone had just left from structural. And, yeah, that's, and they knew that I had a structural degree, so... They just moved me. Well, I mean, I feel like that's so kind of them, you know, to like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. to be able to move their own people and kind of think of you and realize, oh, I have to lay you off here, but I can hire you back here. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, I mean, do you have a preference? Yes, I prefer structural. Why? Civil was like too open-ended for me. Um, like, like I said, you design like the, you know, say like you're designing the parking lot and you have to design where the water goes. Mm -hmm. 
it's very open-ended obviously you can make the water go anywhere and make it work kind of thing mm -hmm. and you know like they work with you know feet at a time not inches and like it's very like not exact precise it's not precise pre yes and i like precision and i like like right answers i like to have the right answer not like multiple you know like i mean obviously structure also has multiple right answers but you know there is a something that needs to happen definitely you know as opposed to civil i feel like there's like a lot of room to mm. be yeah i don't know i just didn't like that kind of right. uncertainty and i also didn't like that civil had to do a lot of like researching like in terms of like say you get a a site a lot right for a kroger or something or a grocery store mm -hmm. You need to design the the site, but then you also have to find out all the utilities. You have to find out if internet can come there, if like the phone lines can come in. Like you have to call these people, like these companies, and like make sure it can like all that due diligence. Mm -hmm. I hated it. I'm like, man, I have to call these people and find out. Like, oh my gosh! So this happened one time. I. I think I had to find out if internet was available in this uh, site, right? And then I went online and I, like, there's, like, an application thing, like, that you do. Mm -hmm. And I just did it because they didn't give me a straight answer. So I just wanted to see if it was available. Mm -hmm. And I did it, but then I didn't hear anything back. And so I called. And, the and I called the lady and I was like, hey, so I submitted this application but like i don't need internet there it was just i just wanted to know if you know if it's available mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the girl goes oh like it's too late you're gonna have to pay like for, <laughs> because you applied and i was like what no way and she's like i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she was just having a good day and yeah. felt like... Yeah. And like, it scared the crap out of me. Because <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I just like ordered internet for this place. And now we're going to have to pay this fine. And like, oh. But yeah, like things like I hated like having to interact with... Not interact with people, but like honestly, the research part was like so boring. Right, right. Yeah. You'd rather just do the building and stuff yeah i'd just rather just work on my computer right i mean but you still have to do due di diligence a little bit right for structural like what do you mean don't you like call people no <laughs> huh no oh you don't i mean only if the contractor calls me when they're having problems and then like they have questions oh i guess that's better for you then yeah, yeah. i still i know the answer to that that's true that's true hmm Hey, you know, um, something else came to mind as we were talking about civil engineering and at your particular job. Um, and it refers back to your mentor kind of like directing you towards engineering. You know, our friend that are, that works with you, that's your coworker and mm -hmm. got you the civil engineering job or helped mm -hmm. you get it. Um, I mean, she's a mechanical engineer, right? That's what she studied at Georgia Tech, no? Yes. So like, I kind of... I just feel like it's worth mentioning. It kind of speaks to the fact that 
you know, you don't have to be a specific type of engineer, but it is kind of flexible if you know numbers and you're good at, like, I don't know, being precise, being like building things, right? Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's just like learning. Well, I don't think it goes the same way for any engineering, but for her in particular, I guess like just her degree helps her like helped her learn how to solve problems at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. That's what it is, you know, and like Mm -hmm. find out solutions to whatever it is. And so civil, like I said, is very, it can be very like learn on the job kind of thing. So that's Mm -hmm. why I think it was easily, you know, she could still do that even though she was mechanical. I see. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, again, I feel like it just opens doors, Mm -hmm. like uh, being an engineer in general. Yeah. But I think structural would be a little bit harder. Oh, so that was my next question. So, like, it's not so civil is more learned on the job. But like, I was gonna ask you, do you think structural is the same? Like, or do you think no, you need a degree in structural if you're gonna be a structural engineer? I mean, with it helps. It helps. You need a degree for anything because you can just YouTube anything or Google anything. It helps if you have a degree. I'm. There is a lot of pre-knowledge that you need to do the job i guess Mm. like you need to know how to like calculate how strong a beam is you know how much load it'll take Mm. but then again you can argue that you can just input the numbers and the computer would do it for you you know so a lot of it yes you might be able to just learn on the job but then like the I guess when you get into the details, um, there are things that computers can't do that you might have to do. Uh, And so, I mean, I guess you could just Google it or YouTube it. You could probably figure it out. But it helps. (laughs) In this particular job, it helps to have a degree. Right. (laughs) And, I mean, you need a degree if you want to be a professional engineer. Oh. I think. But, I mean, that would make sense. Actually, if you don't have a degree, I think you can still take it, mm-hmm. but you just need more years of experience. Oh, more than five years. Yes. I but I, don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. Okay, I won't quote you on that. But yeah. um, but either way, I mean, it makes sense, you know, just having more experience in anything before you getting, you know, the stamp of approval right. and responsible for the lives of many. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes sense. Um, okay, so like, what do you like least about being a structural engineer? What do I like least? Uh-huh. Uh, for my particular job, what I don't like is, kind of going back to what I liked about my first job, is I don't like how slow-paced it is. It's, mm. I mean, if you're building a school project, it'll take like months, you know, for from start to finish. And... Um, yeah, I feel like I usually thrive when there is a s- shorter deadline and I have to finish it. Because mm-hmm. I mean, like, I am able, I feel like I'm able to finish it fairly quickly, but I can't do that. Because if I do, I'll just sit there, you know, mm-hmm. for the next couple weeks. And so I think having to take my time to do my job is what I don't like the most. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know if that's particular 
to my company. Does that make sense? Because I feel like every company has different structures, like to like how they do things. For example, I know my coworker used to work at different at a structural company that's just structural. Mm-hmm. And how they would work is they would have one team lead and then like two or three guys under. So they would like all work together in many projects. So you know what I mean? Like, so they would always be busy pretty much, you know? So, but mine is like, we each get a project or two or three or four, depending on, you know? And so we end up working on it ourselves. And so Mm -hmm. if you run out of things to do, it's hard it's there's only so many times you can ask for more things because if you have 10 jobs and they all end up like you know at, at one point it feels like you're just doing things like and it's fine but then there will come a time when they will all be due at the same day right like tomorrow i have like three projects that are due all of a sudden you know like but even though it took like several weeks even months to get things going yeah so like the the problem is that even though it took like three four months for all these three projects to be due uh it's like a week before where all the problems come you know like all the other engineers and the architects are like changing things or they're like oh can we move this and can we do this and then if you have three or four projects that that that's happening to then you're like okay i don't have time to do all this so i mean that's the only thing Mm, that's kind of annoying i guess because you've had all this time to work on other things. Yes. Is why it's annoying. Yes. I see. Well, okay. Then what do you like best about what you do? Mm. I mean, I guess it's... I mean, what what I like best about it is the drawing part. Um, like I said, I've always enjoyed like drawing 3D models in the computer. Right. So I really, really, really like that part of my mm. job, like drawing on the computer. Um, and I guess I like the math part. I like like finding the right answer, mm-hmm. you know, like working on a calculation and then finding that there's a right answer. And I like that. It's kind of nerdy, I guess. Very nerdy. <laughs> and all, is that it? I just feel like that's not what I thought you were going to say. Oh, what did you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say, like, you like know, what we t- already project? talked about. Huh? Like seeing the finished project? Product, yeah. Product? Yeah, I like that. But it's not what I like the most. Oh, I see. It's it's cool, but it's not like, oh, my gosh. I <laughs> this. Oh, my goodness. You know, it's just like, oh, cool. Look, I made this. I guess. Do you find, like... But do you find your work purposeful? Do I find my work purposeful? Like for you? I guess I ask that because it's like, oh, like for me, that would be the purpose behind being a structural engineer. Like making things that matter. Mm. Like schools matter. I see. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, schools matter. But then also, you know, to to that too, like when I was like, oh, it would, that would be the best part, like seeing the end result. But then I, I realized you don't really see the end result a lot of times. I don't. Yeah. Especially for these schools that are in like 
making, you know. Right. I'm not going to see that. But yeah, do you have an answer? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think for me, um, there are like seasons mm-hmm. where I find that or I, I feel that purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, man, look, I'm building this school for these kids. Mm-hmm. You know, even as, as I'm drawing this, mm-hmm. I'm going to pray for these chairs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, or these classrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are other seasons where it's just like, it's just work. Mm-hmm. And it just pays the bills. And um, I guess purpose for me would be uh, more in the future. Or what I think I want to do with my job. I feel like it's more towards the future. Like, I don't know if you remember me telling you, there's like this, I don't know if it's a company or a, I mean, it's not a company. What's the word for it? It's like organization. It's an organ. Yes. Organization. (laughs) Thank you. So it's an organization that finds, uh, volunteers Uh to go do like projects overseas. Oh, is it like Engineers Without Borders or something? I don't know what that is, but it sounds like it. So it's (laughs) it's not that, but it's like, you know, they'll they'll post like on their website, like, oh, we're building a hospital in Uganda. Mm. Like apply if you're an architect. We need an architect. We need a civil engineer. We need a structural engineer. So like you apply and you volunteer to go and then you work on that project, for example. Um, So that sounds like fun to me. That's and cool. Very pur- purposeful, but to do that, I'd have to get my PE. You know, my PE, and probably eyes. need to be retired. You know, because right. you have to be there. For, you know, to the the faraway future. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that sounds fun. No, but that's cool. I will yeah. go with you. I don't know what I can do, but but you'd have to go with me. Why? <laughs> what if it's like months? Yeah, I guess I would have to go with you. Yeah. See, our so like when our grown. kids are in college. Yeah. Or, or something. Have, or have their own kids. Right. <laughs> They'll be somewhere else, not here. Right. Um, I mean, like, oh, oh, like, what about that? Like, what about... I mean, okay, honestly... It might be, yeah, it's biased. My question is biased. But, you know, I always ask um, working moms on the Mm -hmm. podcast, Mm -hmm. like, how they balance being a working mom and Mm -hmm. a mom at home, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, and, you know, what is that like for them? What's the experience like for them? I do feel like I don't ask. I mean, I haven't had a lot of dads on. Mm -hmm. um, But I don't ask that. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, about what it's like to be a working dad. (laughs) And, like, your presence is needed at home. But Mm -hmm. I guess I feel more inclined to ask you that because I know my expectation of you as a dad. Mm -hmm. And also my expectation of you to, like, put food on the table. (laughs) Mm -hmm. A lot of expectation. Um, Yeah, but no, but I mean, that's... I'm not the only one. Yeah. There are a lot of wives that <laughs> feel the same way, you know? Yeah. Um, so, like, can you... I don't know what I want to ask you, mm-hmm. but, like, I guess, you know, how do you balance everything is the question. 
Hmm. I'm not the best person to answer this. Why? Because my answer is that I just do. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I can testify to that. Like, he does. He just does it. There's no really way he does it. Or best way you do it is you just do it. Like, because I feel like what? No, because I feel like you know someone might say, I don't know what who would say this, but maybe Mm -hmm. someone would say like, oh, you know, to find a good balance, you need a good like, like you need to actually like make time for yourself first, you know, or something like that, you know. Sure. Yes, I can see that. But you don't even really do that. I don't. Yeah. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I don't think I need it. Um, well, you know, I am super thankful for you. I'm thankful for you being a structural engineer and you actually like liking what you do. Mm-hmm. I think it's so nerdy that you yeah, like love to draw. Yeah, and- I love it. I was really not expecting you to be like, I really, really, really like drawing. I really <laughs> like drawing. Oh, that, I mean, that's another thing too. When I, growing up, I really liked drawing. Mm. In general. Yeah, in general. Yeah. You don't have to draw to be an engineer. Right, but right. I did enjoy that. I see. A lot. But yeah, I'm super thankful that you're nerdy like that. Because even like, you guys, even when we're driving and he sees like, you know, buildings being built... Or like shopping centers being built. He like he asks himself or asks everyone in the car, me and our kids. <laughs> they're like, oh, I wonder what they're building. I look at it, it just looks like a bunch of beams. But then he's like, What do you think it is? I don't know what it is, right? And then he'll ask our four year old son, Eli, what do you think that's gonna be? Right? <laughs> and our son Eli is like, Oh, yeah, I mean that that's cool. What is that? You know? And I love that you guys talk about that. Okay, and then like last story about being a nerd. Um and like one time <laughs> we were like driving by this gas station and it was like what was it, honey? It like collapsed. Yeah, I mean, but that's not like a nerdy thing. It's like the thing fell. No, babe. You know, anyone would have taken a picture of that. No. Yeah. You said Hurry, hurry, take a picture so I can send it to my boss. And I'm like, you guys are going to like, like talk crap about this engineer that messed up. (laughs) But anyways, um, yeah, I think, I mean, I love that about you. And I love that you can come home and just do it, you know, just be it present and be a good dad. Not only that, um... You are an editor for my podcast. You do mm. all the editing. You've been doing it for one year. <gasps> one year, yeah. It. This is episode 53. 53, The first yes. one after a year. <laughs> How does it feel? How does it feel? It feels good. I feel accomplished. Yeah. Like, truly. Huge. Yeah. Um, You know, I think there are times or days where I'm like, if I'm honest, mm-hmm. right? if I'm 100% transparent right now, like I just kind of want to get episodes out. You know, I'm not really thinking about the work that's being put in or even like if I'm again, if I'm honest, like 
um, like promoting the episode too. I just kind of want to put it out there because I really wanted to do be diligent in getting like an episode a week out. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think you challenged me in the beginning because in the beginning I was like, oh, every two weeks, like that's mm-hmm. doable. But you're like, no, it's got to be every week. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I tried and yeah, I didn't even know I could contact 52 people. Yeah, that's <laughs> a lot of people. And I didn't know um, I would find such willing and such enthusiastic mm like guests for 52 weeks Mm -hmm. like everyone has been so great i feel like everyone has really loved their job Mm -hmm. um and even that i'm like wow what a gift you know to love your job and then be able to impart some of um your knowledge on what it is that you do to other people and i'm so thankful for for all of it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah congratulations Thanks. Congratulations to you to editing 52 audios and videos. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, but anyways, all that to say, I'm thankful for you. Thank you for being episode 53. Of course. <laughs> um, before we end our time together, I'm curious, is there anything that you wanted to share? Do you have any advice for anybody that like is thinking, hey, maybe I'll be a structural engineer or any life advice at all? Mm, I think one thing that I regret from my college years is not learning. Um So I like it was really I was really good at like school, you know what I mean, like taking mm-hmm. tests and knowing how to take them, knowing how to pass them, and but at, I feel like at the end of the day I just did that. I just passed the tests and I didn't end up learning as much as I should have, mm-hmm. and I regret that because I feel like there's so much relearning that I have to do as I'm, you know, working. And I mean, I always say like I wish I could have worked for like two years before I went to school because then I would have one known what I had to learn but then two understand the importance of learning because I mean when you're in school you're just like you don't really know the importance of what you're learning and a lot of times you know it doesn't matter you know like it's not like history matters you know Mm. or or English I mean English matters but you know like um, and I guess a lot of other jobs you can just kind of has nothing to do with college and like you can just learn on the job but for this job in particular i feel like i wish i had learned more mm. um that's one and i guess life advice just like if you said you're gonna do something do it <laughs> <laughs> this is what i tell my son every day yeah. <laughs> if you said you're gonna do something just do it that's great advice. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think um, I learned a lot about your job today, honey. So thank you again. Um, if you have any questions and if you or any response to this episode at all, feel free to DM me. I can definitely connect you with somebody that's instructional. Oh, yeah. I think you did mention last time 
before we started the interview that um, it would be cool if, mm-hmm. you know, if someone was interested and they contacted mm-hmm. us, um, you offered for them to just like come sit with you yeah if if anyone's interested and you know just if you just have interest and you want to see what a day looks like you can come and if you live in georgia obviously um you can come and just sit next to me for a day and you know i guess that gives you a better idea of what you know what it looks like yeah, I think that's a great opportunity. Um, he can't pay you to sit yes, there, but I'm not going to pay you. You should pay me. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But um, yeah, I think it would be a great opportunity for anybody listening. If you're interested in structural engineering or like any type of engineering at all, I can definitely connect you with different types of people. So feel free to reach out, DM me, or you can email me at podcastwigu@gmail.com. at gmail.com. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye.